What is up, y'all? It is your girl Shaylin, aka Sparkle, because there's so many shades, but only one sparkle. Today I have a special guest with me, Mr. J. Lamar. How you doing? How you feeling? Hey, Living. What's the word, though? Appreciate now, you for having me. <laughs> you don't need an introduction. <laughs> you don't. But I'm gonna give one to you anyways because you deserve one. Oh, he is man. an artist. Okay. He's an entrepreneur. He is a full-time student at the Prairie View A&M University. He is a person that has taught me a lot of what I've known in my early life. Good and uh, not too good. <laughs> but, you know, life skills, life skills, life skills. How you doing? Uh, I can't complain. I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? Just taking it day by day. All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump into it because we do know you mainly as an artist. I know you as more than an artist, but I watched you grow into like the big artist that you are today. Like I felt yeah. like I was with you like in those early times where like you was just getting your feet. Probably not even your feet. You was getting your toes wet. Yeah. I like, feel like, <laughs> like I feel like when y'all uh when me and you first met, I was like off of music for a little minute. So when you met me, I was just a football player. Yeah. I was just playing ball. And then I got injured. So then that's when that's when y'all started seeing more like a more artistic side for real. So, Cause yeah. I met you when I was like fourteen. You was that young? I was that young. Dang, I ain't know that one. I was I that young. Lie, I ain't know that one. Yeah, <laughs> it was we... freshman year of high school in Cypress Creek. And probably what year was probably 2013 or 14. That was 13, 14. Yeah, it was 13. Because that's when 14. I moved down here. So yeah, it was like 2013. And I was a fresh spring chicken teenager <laughs> for sure. And I had met this person from Chicago, all formally called him Chicago. No pun Man, intended. That no was, pun intended. That was a time though. I ain't gonna lie. No. <laughs> Him. That was so what y'all call him is probably different, much different from what I call him. Right. She she always wanted to feel special. Like, and I am. <laughs> no, that's facts. But like when me and you first met, like and we got and we got like, got click at people would call me Chicago and she'd be like, Chicago. Justin? <laughs> I'm like, come on, bro. Let it let it man name, man. <laughs> Everybody has a different name for you depending on the time that they met you. Depending on the time, the circumstances, like all of that. Like I didn't like gain nicknames from just situations. So what is the nickname or the name that most people know you by today? Today, see the Justo, Jay Lamar. I ain't gonna say my other one on here, but it's <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting. But you know who's calling you depending on exactly. what they call yeah, you. Yeah, I, I gotta hear voices. Like I gotta know who in the room. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's all love at the end of the day. Well, you have a very successful music career going right now congratulations to you and all of your accomplishments appreciate that. you dropped your album pave in july 2019 mm -hmm. congratulations that's a big deal thank you thank now you. it was three years ago but you still use pave to represent you yourself in your everyday life tell me what pave is the acronym for it and what it means so pave is a run-on acronym that we use for the brand that we have called Lanes, which stands for Living Above Normal Everyday Standards. And with that, since it, since the acronym ends out spelling Lanes, we just put a whole regiment together for it, which is basically pave your own lane. So pave is just a segment of that. Pretty much just for us, it just means, you know, going against the odds. If you ever at a point where you got to go against the grain or, you know, defeat the odds even when they're not even, that's what paving your own lane is and living above normal everyday standards. Coming from where I come from, south side of Chicago, Inglewood, born and raised, bred it, 
we never really are told nothing too positive as far as like, oh, you're going to make it out. You're going to do big things. And if like people say it, it's kind of cliche, but nobody actually believes it because we don't really see it. You know, typically they expect for us to end up dead in jail, you know, selling drugs, strung out on some type of drug or whatever the case may be. So we took this and we gave our neighborhood hope. It really just started off as like some neighborhood stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, we paving our own lane over here, you know, where I'm from. And then it became big around the city, had a lot of inner city support. It just been expanding since then. And you do a lot within your own community as well. Like oh, definitely. I've seen you do plenty of performances and just giving back to your community. Why is that so important to you? Because uh, I feel like we never had nobody to really do it. For real. Especially like people that's like us. You know, it takes a lot to, it takes a lot to grow up in an environment and not only be a part of the problem, but realizing that dang, I probably I, I played a role in a lot of stuff that I probably shouldn't have played a role in. Mm-hmm. Then turn around and be like, okay, I'm a better myself first, and then I'm gonna come back and yeah, you know influence else. and you know help change the narrative and help change the system that we unfortunately are wrapped up in. So Lanes is the brand. Uh huh. And we all know that branding is extremely important. It holds a lot of weight. What is it about the PAVE album that you figured, let me go ahead and name my album this because I feel that it is strong enough to hold the weight of my brand? Uh, Mainly just because it speaks for itself, especially in our generation where everybody is big in social media and everybody has these platforms and everybody has these opportunities what better way to give the people something to pave their own lane to? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a soundtrack that's built for the perseverance of, like, you possibly trying to accomplish something that day by day it doesn't get any easier. Mm-hmm. So it's like you might have a moment where you want to give up. The album has music on it that gives people that extra push, that gives people that act of perseverance. Like, look, if I listen to this song... It's going to get me through this. If I listen to wise words, it's going to get me through these trials and tribulations. If I listen to handle business, it's going to tee me up, but it's also going to make me get out here and go do something. You know what? Because let's talk about handle business. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, you have no idea. Like, first of all, why are you screaming at me? <laughs> let's start there. Like, why, why we even had to, like, really just get so aggressive like that? But you know what? It's so crazy because I was actually listening to it last night when I was at work. Yeah. I did not want to be at work. Right. And so, but you know, my job is pretty lenient. Like, I can listen to my music and I can just like do my own thing and vibe. And so I'm over here just like making sure everything is tidy, fulfilling my duties. And when I got you in my ear, I'm like, I don't want to be here today. And handle business, come on. And I'm like, damn, I don't want to be at this job. But he's <laughs> telling me that I need to be at this job right now. Like, I feel like I could be anywhere else in the world but I'm right here and I'm sitting in this place, but I got you in my ear and I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to listen to him right now, but let me just go ahead and keep going and get this check nah, because like it was very motivational, but that's mm-hmm. a lot of your music. Yeah. I strive off motivation. So I just found this out recently. I've been into like the chart reading and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. My love language apparently is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that kind of plays a role into the kind of music that I make mm. because I'm um, like a lot of my, if you listen to a lot of my lyrics and you just cut the beat off and you mm-hmm. just listen to the words, nine times out of 10, it's going to be an affirmation. And that's something that I did notice about your music as well, because you don't hear 
you speaking on behalf of like the things that we hear a lot of rappers speaking on like sure. you're not rapping about drug intake you're not rapping about having however many women in your circle and group like you're not talking about robbing and you know like mm-hmm. it's more so on the motivational side mm-hmm. and like the wisdom side your song wise words dude first Oof. of all <laughs> that beat is sickening oh man how did that come about well first of all shout out to Jaleel the guy JDG uh, one of my homies back uh back in the land back in Chicago he was just going through uh going through his folder and he was playing the first half of the beat just on some like you know this is what I got this is what I've been working on and I heard it and this was at a time when I first had went out to school when I was at my old uh, university but you know, we was at his crib, we was going through folders, and he was letting me hear like a lot of turn up stuff or whatever. And we came across that, which was more laid back. But I'm like, wait, let that play. Mm-hmm. I let it play. And I had already been working on a song like that, you know, for a while. Just was really trying to find the right vibe to it. So the first part of the beat was just a perfect vibe. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, cool, you know, let me get that. He tuned it up, he emailed it to me, and I was just writing to it, writing to it. Actually, the first verse was supposed to be longer. But I cut it short for the beat switch up, mm-hmm. and that's when I got more into like the heavy entendres with the affirmations and being more like a pastor preacher to the choir mm-hmm. type deal. Whereas like the first part, I was just more laid back. Chill. Yeah, it was a process though. It was a pro- like it. It was something I've never done before. What's a dream to a man that got goals? Well, I guess that's foreplay. Really just a tease dollar in the dream. No, you chasing not the more pay. And they say I'm changing like chameleons because they see it chasing millions. I guess they take the root to really understand. I can never worry about another It man. was a beautiful no, song, honestly. Yeah, and, it, and it's crazy because that's my most streamed song. I do shows in other cities or like certain events and they like beg me to perform that. And it'll be like, I wouldn't be performing this here. Mm-hmm. I did, and it's like one of my more relatable songs because like, I talked about a lot of stuff that most African-American men don't really speak on. Mm-hmm. Trauma, hardships, and actually getting through it. Mm-hmm. Like, So a lot of people don't talk about their problems. A lot of people don't talk about how they feel just because it make you look a certain way. Me, I ain't care about none of that. I needed to get it out. You used your grandmother's words yeah. in that song. And it's crazy because those are like actual words that she used to tell me, like from me growing up, understanding some of the things that she was telling me versus when she actually passed on. A lot of those are like direct phrases, like word of mouth that my grandmother used to tell me. It wasn't like I had, oh, let me force this to make it rhyme or let me mm-hmm. f- like let me exaggerate on this. Like, no, these is like real life affirmations. Right. If I could have like actual recordings of her saying a lot of this stuff. Like it honestly make the song ten times better. But I gotta get it by any means. Classic writer like my name Socrates, my life a movie every day is a scene. These pebble niggas never, never rocking, rocking with, with me. me. Oh, <laughs> Where and how like what? <laughs> like what? Hey, that was that was a I didn't even know that line was going to do what it did. Like, I didn't know that that was going to be a prominent part of that song, for real. So when I was in Costa Rica, that was the song that I was listening to the most. That too was too easy during my time of working out. Like, that was, like, my workout song. Yeah. And every time that part would came on, like, I'm dropping free weights. If you're footing away, watch out because <laughs> it's going to get crushed. And literally, like, I would do, like, a little jig of a dance because I'm like, this is 
When I perform that, like when I perform that song, I just let the crowd to that part. I never really, I never say it. I always just let them say because like they be waiting on it. They be waiting on it. Like, and I've done that show with shout out, shout out City Three Thousand by the way. Usually, you know, when our schedules meet, we perform it together. If not, you know what I'm saying. I just perform it in whatever city I'm in because that's another song that people be wanting to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that song came about just off. Uh, here networking Me and City did a show together At Warehouse Live This was right after I graduated high school We did a show together With two mutual people That we know And We ended up You know Messing with each other Said we like Yeah we need to work Now He had his way going on You know Him and DJ chose They you know Close friends Him and Fred on them They was pretty close at the time Which Fred on them Actually produced Handle business mm-hmm. So when Me and him finally Got in the studio We really locked in he wrote the hook in the car on the way to the studio. Mm-hmm. On the way to the studio, he wrote wow. the hook. By the time he got there, he laid the hook in like 15 minutes. Then off him laying that hook, that's when I was just like, they fooled at our market. I'm stopping like Marvin. It's time to eat. Uh-huh. I'm running the field. Like, that's when I just got, like, the hook made me get my ball rolling for real. Mm-hmm. And then the second verse was just crazy. Like, that's, what's funny is I wrote that, like, we did it. After I graduated high school, that song is old. It is. Like, that song is. But it still holds weight. Oh, but it's crazy. Like, we all we did was revamp it because mm-hmm. I never did nothing with it. Like, I never did nothing with the song when we recorded it. I had so much life stuff going on. Like, okay, I don't really know how to push this just yet. So, I'm going to put it on the back burner a little bit. But anybody I let hear it, they like, no, nah, y'all need to put that out. Y'all need to shoot a video. Y'all need to really push it because this could really be the one. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, all right, cool. I hit him up. He talked about it. He said, let's do it. It wasn't really much to talk about. He was just like, let's make it happen. We revamped it, made it more modern. Then we put it out. Now, that's whenever I do a festival or a big, big show, is over with. Like, every time that ain't even on my set list. And they be like, perform too easy. I'll be like, oh, okay. Like, I, I'll be like, I have my DJ queue it up. And I ain't gonna say no. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, what they want. Like, I ain't turning it down nothing. Like, especially if I got enough, like, if I still got enough time or if whoever booked us, be like, yeah, go ahead. Be like, all right, bet. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, rock and roll. So, you have performed at Warehouse Live. You also performed at Inglewood Music Fest. You performed at the Aztec Theater in San Antonio. You've had a lot of performances, and yeah. I'm pretty sure your performances go crazy because every time I see a picture of your audience and your crowd, it's always lights up, and it just look like y'all be having the building jumping. Oh uh, yeah, it's look like that's really why I, performing is why I'm so pivotal in my music career because the music is the music, mm-hmm. but if you can't get your crowd a show, if you don't really have good performance etiquette. You won't last in this business. Like, people will still rock with you out the strength of your music, but the real money comes into doing shows. Like, I think you had said something before, like, you know, it's been it's been years since I put out a project. That's why I've been able to still be up and coming and still be elevating off of not dropping a project mm-hmm. for multiple years. But you're living off of that album, though. Exactly. Like, you're still able to precisely perform that album mm-hmm. because... That's what people are wanting to hear. That's what people know from you. Though, of course, they want to hear those songs. And the performances just look like amazing. I have yet to go to one because you always want to have them have the most in Chicago. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, that's the home When we going to get these Houston thing. shows again, it's, it's going. It's, I'm back now. So it, we can always work something. It's just all about, it's all about booking. Out of all of your performances that you have had so far, which has been your favorite? Ah, uh, you can't ask me that. Give me a top three. I bet. So, my top three was 
off back the Englewood Music Festival. That's that was for the land. That it was for the crib. Amazing. Uh, it was well put together. Um, and it was something that we don't really have in Chicago, let alone where I'm from. Like mm-hmm. we never just had a stage in the middle of Inglewood. Your big face. It's a, it's like my face. Like I, I look like. And the, what's sad is I did that show and didn't even peep that my face was in the background. My cameraman like. Taking pictures, he recording his other cameraman and they were performing or whatever. So I'm getting all the footage and the pictures back. I'm like, wait, like, cause I never looked behind me for real, like. Mm-hmm. And if I did, it was temporarily to talk to the band. But other than that, I was. At so the you ain't see your big head. I did not. I swear, I did. You didn't. the entire time when I t- when I tell you, like, I said, I got the footage back and I and I almost cried. And they went crazy too. Those photos were crazy. If you have not seen the pictures that we are talking about, please, please, please. Follow Jay Lamar on Instagram. We're going to drop all the information at the end so that we can follow him and check out those photos for yourself because they were incredible. I mean, those are some yeah. crisp, sharp yeah. pictures. Shout out Leo to Leo Visuals. That's my boy. We been, Me and Leo been locked in for like probably since like when I started back rapping, like 2015, 2016. We've been locked in for years. What was the adrenaline that you was feeling during that performance? Um, this one for the land. That's all I kept saying. I'm like, this one for the hood. This one for 55th. And it's like, we in Inglewood. I'm like, it's only right. That was probably one of my most heartfelt shows mm-hmm. because it was like, I'm the first artist to perform in this type of proximity in Inglewood. Like, it's never been done before. Granted, it might be some people to come after me, but it's like to say that I'm the first. Mm-hmm. And it's like for me to have the stature that I have as far as my overall notoriety in my neighborhood versus like my career, I felt like it was great for me to do something like that for people that probably aren't able to make out my show. Like it was a lot of grannies from the block mm-hmm. that, that they not finna travel out of town to come see me perform. They can't make it downtown into all these theaters to come and see me perform, you know, for whatever reason. So it's like for me to do a show in front of them mm-hmm. and for them to know my music and for them to be cheering me on, that made me feel better than anything we so separated as a city it was nice to see everybody come together for that one day and just like no no it wasn't no drama wasn't no shootings wasn't no hostility or nothing it was just good vibes good energy mm-hmm. so that one would always be like at least like i said until we do something like that again that's my number one my second favorite show i did a show with at&t it was a campaign that they had going on called believe chicago they actually had me come through to perform wise words and yeah, they looked out like AT&T is a big part of my branding, my overall support system. Third one, that's a tough one. It, it's so many shows. I, I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing more shows than anything. Like, they, like people be like, "Man, where the music?" I'm like, "Bro, come promise to a you, show. every time I feel like call or text or look up, this man is in a different city or state." Man, and I look. Where you that, going this weekend? I got a performance. What you doing next week? I got a show. Man. Like. You just on the go. Gotta be. Gotta you. Uh, my biggest thing is you gotta stay consistent somewhere. So if you're not putting out a lot of content, if you're not putting out a lot of music, you have to be out here politicking with the politicians. You gotta be out here touching bases with people to get like the content you do get out. Promote it, push it. We live in a generation now where you could drop an album and two weeks later, people were asking for new music. Like what? I yeah. can't. I can't. Like my era of music is what made me fall in love with it. I came up in the era of Kanye West, mm-hmm. Fifty Cent, where it's like you could put out an album and it'll last you about two years. You mm-hmm. can tour off this one album for two years before you even got to really. That was when music yeah. wasn't rushed. Exactly. Like everything. And now we have some very greedy. 
people in uh-huh. our society and our culture is just like overly greedy. Something <laughs> else now. Like I'm like, damn. Like just it, dropped the album a month and, ago. Like you already want something else. Like live off of that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing, my biggest thing behind just making people wait, because it's don't don't get me wrong, it's a lot in the vote. Mm-hmm. I have a lot in the vote. But my biggest thing is people appreciating what's in front of them. Like, it's a lot of songs off that project that people are really just now starting to flock to. Mind you, this is only a nine-song project. Mm-hmm. It's only nine songs on here. Wise Words took a while to take off. One Up and Ten Toes Down was, like, the ones out the gate. Then Wise Words was just, like, the one. Mm-hmm. And then Handle Business was, like, the one. And then Groundwork was like, bro, I never listened to this song past Ten Toes Down. Mm-hmm. This last song is like amazing. Like that so it's like then that'll go on for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Then by the time I look up, people are like, damn, you ain't really dropped nothing in so long, but you're still like a lot of these songs are still influential. It still hold the same weight that it did versus when you dropped it eighteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Circling back to your performances, do you rehearse before these performances? Always. Okay. Always. I I work out a lot, so Sometimes I just cut the music off and I'll perform, handle business while mm-hmm. I'm on the treadmill just to get my breath control. When you're rehearsing, like when you're practicing, do you be in like the mirror like Issa Rae, just like rapping to yourself <laughs> and trying to figure out like, oh, how you going to make your face this way yeah, when you say this I, way um, and how your pair language going to be? I definitely, <laughs> uh, I, I, I definitely look at myself when I perform. I record myself to see how I would look on somebody else's camera, camera. Um, when to like possibly emphasize on certain things when can I take a breath Mm -hmm. so I can like fall like and then get back into Mm -hmm. it or like just put that part in the beat like to where it's like all right I'll just let this play out while I take a breath Mm -hmm. or like you know just like I said like I but I actually take it serious like I actually have a session to make studio like to make a performance etiquette song when you gonna have backup dancers uh, this, this is the this is the thing with me and backup dancers. <laughs> now nah, I ain't got I don't have a problem with it, but I can see like two little girls behind you and like some all black or something just throwing their hands up. So, so this is the thing. I recently <laughs> just got comfortable with people being on stage, on stage with, with me you? while I perform. Okay, before I was like a no nonsense artist. Like, look, <laughs> I don't need none of the guys up here, bro. Get in the crowd, tee the crowd up for me if you gon' if you gonna be here. You know what I'm saying? Bring everybody else in, mm-hmm. and I I hold it down up here mm-hmm. because people be up there. Not, like you got to risk people not knowing the music. You got to risk people possibly getting in your way. We mm-hmm. bump into each other, trip. But collide. backup dance is supposed to be in the back. But, but, before so to be in the back, yeah. But so I so I recently just thought about. I actually probably have a show coming up to where I might do some choreography. Probably okay. throw some of that in there, like probably for like a song or two. So, what can we expect from you in the future? So, I am in project mode right now. Okay. So I ain't going to put a date on it just yet because mm-hmm. I know how I know how y'all get with talking you about You said October. It's November. <laughs> and, and what's crazy is I, I made that mistake already with this <laughs> same project. So, it's a learning experience. So, I'm like, yeah, let me not put a date on it yet until I really get in my, until I really get in my bag with it. Just, mm-hmm. uh... It just got, I got my hands on so much right now. I don't, I don't, I'm not big on putting dates on anything anymore until it's really that time to rock and roll. And I'm, I'm glad that I have the fan base now to whereas I can do that. Question. 
Very vital. Um, am I going to be on this project? Will nah, I finally have my be, feature on this project? You be playing. Because First it has all, been, what is 2022 <laughs> minus 2014? That's how many years that's, I've been waiting about eight. That's about to be eight a feature on this man's song, album, EP, whatever. Like, all I have asked you to... Put a bar or two down. All I have asked you to do <laughs> is give me a verse. I, I told you you gotta write it though. I oh, if write. I gotta write it, then just we can write me, it together. Well, just let me know when you're ready. I've been because when you first came to me about it, you said that you have. I said, all right, write me a verse. Like if you let me hear a verse <laughs> and it's solid, we could put something together. You said okay for I don't know how many years or how much time. And now you, you definitely got, you got the delivery for sure. I, but we gotta, but we gotta put it together. We gotta, we gotta make it make sense. With high energy, (laughs) flip everybody upside down. This little person had that much inside of her, yeah. It'd be, it be the little chihuahua. I need to, okay, see, you know what? And on that note, drop your socials, drop where we can contact you, find you, bookings, all of that information. So I am Jay Lamar. If anybody wants to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, my handles are JLamar55. That's J L A M A R. Five five. All right, y'all. Y'all heard the man. Follow the Instagram. Listen to the album. You won't be disappointed. Jay Lamar, aka Chicago, to me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Until next time, y'all. Peace out. Yeah. They fooled at a market. I'm starving like Marvin. It's time to eat. I'm running the field. I'm by my grass and stuck in my cleats.